0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Clappercast, episode one twenty-seven. I'm your host, as always, Carson Tamar. Joined, as always, unless she's busy at a film festival, with Alina Folds. How are you doing, Queen? How are you doing this week?
1: I'm well. I've had like a really nice week of rest and relaxation post film festivals. Also, love your shirt.
0: Thank you. <laughs> I do have my Brock Lesnar get plowed down at Tractor Town t-shirt. I don't know the reference, but I love it
1: because he he drove a tractor into SummerSlam and he lifted up the ring with a tractor. It was iconic.
0: Sure, yeah, I didn't watch that, but I do like saw the shirt you sent it over, and I was like, well, if I can have a big, like, horribly like made shirt that's like get plowed down at Tractor Town, like this wild design on it, like might as well buy it, you know?
1: Exactly. Period. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I have just been resting post film festival because like. Uh, my day job gave us a week off, which I appreciate. I only had three days off because I worked at my other job, um, which is okay, but, like, three days of rest was enough. I just kind of, like, hung out, uh, by myself. I colored a lot. I caught up on t- some TV shows, but that was it. Oh, I watched My Fair Lady. I Ooh. thought that was fun. I, uh, I finally hit 62% on the best pictures list. Nice. Um, Oh, and then this morning I watched Sirens from uh, a, a, a oscilloscope Laboratories. I don't know how to say that word. Um, and that was a really cute little documentary. I liked it a lot. I watched it while I rode my Peloton bike. It's about these girls who are in like a thrash metal band, and they're from like Lebanon. And I think they're like the first or like only all female like band from. Like metal band from the Middle East or something it was cool Um, and it, it like follows the like band and like they go to Glastonbury and it's kind of like set against like the like Beirut explosion and like other happenings in Lebanon I really like it when documentaries centered on like random people also kind of like mm. take into account how like their political social climate is like affecting them because like when you're a woman in a predominantly Muslim country, uh, you don't have a lot of opportunity. Being in a metal band when you're a female Muslim is probably not that common, obviously. So it's really interesting to see. Because um, like, a lot of opportunities and stuff get taken away from them because of like the kind of music they're playing and where they live etc cetera, etc cetera. and it was a good short documentary it was like 80 minutes and I also liked that it was just pretty like you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I like it when documentaries are artistic also yes There was just like I was like that's a cool shot and it made it like way less like way more engaging and I appreciated it a lot I recommend I think it just came out this weekend
0: Nice. I need to check it out. I missed it. I think it played at Sundance. I want to say. Yeah, I it missed did. it, but I heard good things, and I'm trying to catch up on like various films I missed this year. So that's definitely on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a very up and down week. There's been some definite ups. I saw Cats on the stage, which you know me. I'm a partaker in Cats. I'm weird like that. So I enjoyed that up? quite a bit. No, but Aww. I, you know, almost <laughs> did. But I okay. thought maybe that's too far for the fancy theater. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have some standards at times. That being said, I will be wearing my I Back the Blue Navi shirt for the Avatar 2 premiere. But
1: Wait, I saw the Avatar re-release. I forgot to tell you. I did. You convinced me to go. Yeah, I really liked it. It was my first time seeing it in theaters. Also, my almost boyfriend, he got another Avatar tattoo this week. Another? (laughs) It's like connected to the leg (laughs) sleeve. So technically, it's like the same tattoo, but it's like expanded. You know, the like little floaty seeds? Yeah. It's like the little floaty seeds Look. and like a waterfall. It's actually really cute.
0: I love, I love Avatar. <laughs> I could not imagine getting a leg sleeve of Avatar. I know he, valid. that
1: he's in. He's an insane person. I'm going Has to he visit been to
0: him. Avatar, the Pangea, the world of Avatar, or Pandora, whatever?
1: No, I think it's um, Pandora. Where's that?
0: You know, Florida somewhere. Oh
1: my God, we should Walt go. Walt Disney World. Would they have He have the it. time of his life. <laughs> it looks really cool i'm going to visit him for the first time next week and living my best like fall rom-com life as long as he does not axe murder me but i feel like i've known him for long enough that like that won't happen but if he does axe murder me at least we know when, where, and who it was. So it won't be like an unsolved truth. I'm I'll case. say this. It'll, be, It'll be
0: easy to identify due to the Navi leg sleeve. Exactly. Like, really, <laughs> That really narrows it down to one person on he Earth. He
1: would be an idiot to murder me. <laughs> 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 anyway. Um. I'm glad Cats was good. What were your downs? That was
0: good. My downs are, number one, so I'm still in university. I found out I was lied to by people, and I have another year, basically, to do. Which is annoying, because I thought I was graduating, but I'm- a teacher i'm getting a teaching credential and i was told that was baked into my program it's not so i have to get a year-long credential program next year which is whatever um and then it also sucks. my macbook is like dying it started oh, no. like dying at 40 percent, and i was like okay annoying whatever then it went up 60 and now it's at like 89 percent. it will die so i'm going next mm-hmm. week to get it fixed hopefully
1: oh my god if you have to get a new one at least you can finance them now thank yes. you yes yes
0: well, I'm That's hoping mine it's just is. like an easy battery replace, but I yeah. don't know. It's very strange to me that my MacBook dies at 89%. But who knows? Do you knows? have Care? Oh, no.
1: Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm freaking <printing laughs> you not know do that. <laughs> I didn't do that. And look what happened to me, Carson.
0: <laughs> oh, I saw it. And I cannot wait until our saga where, like, I'm on my phone recording for a month because, like, I can't get a MacBook. <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> that was truly a time. Oh. Okay. I'll One of the most you.
0: iconic errors of Clappercast history.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so yeah, it's been up and down week, but I'm happy to be here because we have two films I enjoyed, spoiler alert, so that's good. And why don't we kick things off over on Apple TV Plus. Alina, peace and love. I do not mean this in a derogatory sense. We watched The Greatest Beer Run Ever, I believe it's called, because it's a very you film. So why don't you <laughs> take it away with Peter Frells? I don't know his name, uh, Beer Run.
1: Wasn't it like Peter Ferrelli, the Green Book guy? I it's don't know. the Green Book guy. <laughs> the Green Book guy. So yeah, the Green Book book oh my god. The Green Book guy is back with another film. I feel like this is probably his first film post Green Book. It is. Is it interesting? Um, I didn't see this at TIFF, but it played at TIFF because I was like, it's coming out at the end of September anyway. Why would I waste my time seeing it at TIFF? Um, but yeah, it came out on Apple, and I was like, Zach Efron and a mustache, and he's in the Vietnam War. Hell yeah, dude. Sign me up because I love dad movies, I love Republican movies. I'm not a Republican, but I'm Republican adjacent, I would say. Mm. I find comfort <laughs> in them when they're not being racist. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. Um, anyway, the greatest beer run <laughs> well, ever. Mean,
0: if you listen to our song of the Hedgehog commentary track, I think you will learn. Maybe not a joke, but continue.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. The greatest beer run ever. Zach Efron plays the most aggressively New York man ever. Like that accent was killing me. Honestly, everybody's accents in this movie are like the most. New York accents I've ever heard and I Talked to a man from New York on a daily Basis and it was just that was it was the Greatest beer one ever it was a lot for me so Um Zach Efron plays a guy named Chicky, Chicky Donahue That's a, His name's John Donahue but for some reason they call him Chicky I can't remember if they explain Why they call him Chicky but that's his nickname Um and he Had like served in the U.S. Army in like Between I don't know Korea and Vietnam, so there wasn't really anything for him to do, but he's like a really big patriot, and now he's kind of just like kicking around a New York bar that's like run by Bill Murray, and some of his like younger friends in the neighborhood are over in Vietnam doing US GI soldier things. It's unpleasant because the Vietnam War sucked, obviously, <laughs> um, and then... Zac Efron is like, I'm a patriot. I want to get, like, the boys' morality, the morale up because there's all the, like, anti-war Vietnam protests, obviously, because Vietnam was a stupid war. And because Zac Efron's a patriot, he's like, I don't like that. I'm going to go and take Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer, a freaking duffel bag of it, and I'm going to travel around Vietnam and give all my buddies a beer. (laughs) That's what he does. (laughs) it's literally psychotic yep. and it's based on a real story. Like there is a real life chicky Donahue who dragged his New York ass to Vietnam during the Vietnam war and traveled around Vietnam, giving PBR to his friends. Like, hello. That's <laughs> insane.
0: Unbelievable.
1: <laughs> it was cute. I liked it. Um, like, it's one of those movies that I was watching. It, I was like, oh, my God, my dad is going to love this. It's one mm. of those movies. So if you love dad movies, like, you cannot go wrong with The Greatest run Ever. I feel like my main issue was it is, like, it's very, like, weird tonally. Yes. Like, there's some very comedic stuff. And then there's some, like, very heavy drama stuff. And then it's not, like, strewn together super well in, like, the emotion front. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's I definitely like, it. like I think it's a cute dad movie. I I do like the film overall. Like I think this is fine. I think especially Zac Efron, I really appreciate here. Like I just appreciate Zac Efron. I'm tired of like Me having too. to hide it. He is good. I'm excited. And he's been for, like, getting
1: so much hate lately because of his yeah. jaw. Leave him alone.
0: Leave that man alone. I'm excited for like in ten years when like everyone is like, oh, I love him, and he gets like this big boost in his career because it's definitely going to be coming.
1: I think he's gonna get like the Channing Tatum effect.
0: Yeah. He's going
1: to be cameoing in random things. Like when Channing Tatum showed up in Bullet Train. It's gonna be like that.
0: And I can't wait till he shows up in Bullet Train too. Like cannot wait. But um, I think he's strong here. But yeah, there's definitely this weird tone, which is like he starts out very patriotic and it's very comedic of him, like a bumbling idiot going around Vietnam, like getting shot at. Ha <laughs> ha, it's funny. But then like the film wants you to take away like the Vietnam War is terrible. Like, it is this crazy event in human history. There's so much sorrow and it. Like, it's not really a comedic event. So then it really sneaks up on both the character and the audience with, like, the horrors of war. And showing, like, oh, it's not, like, this cute, fun thing like, lol, we're delivering beers in Vietnam. No, you're in, like, fucking Vietnam. And that shift is a little weird. And then you get the third act, which this movie claims on all the advertisements. It's, like, co-starring Russell Crowe and it's not it's not at all he's just in the third act and you get this weird like side story of him and Zac Efron like driving around and like that I was like this is weird it feels separate from everything else we've been doing pacing wise Mm -hmm. I don't know if that third act worked for me but I think overall like this look at patriotism first it starts out as a celebration of patriotism then it shows like the trivial nature of it like I think that worked well. I think this is like a very strong dad movie, I will say. Mm-hmm.
1: Here's a thing where I think it might lose some of the Republican dads, though. They have, like, Russell Crowe's character plays, like, a press journalist in Vietnam. Um, and he, like, pops up a little bit in the beginning. But he's not, like, a actual character until, like, the third act, as Carson said. Um, but there's, like, this whole theme about, like patriots distrusting the media and then like russell crowe and zach efron's characters are are interacting with each other and like zach efron is coming to realize that like uh russell crowe and the rest of the journalists are literally just trying to tell the truth and like they've been lied to by the government like um like the american public is being lied to like zach efron is like watching tv at one point in the third act and uh, like a US general is like saying something, and Zachary Effelon's like, That's not what happened. I was there. That was something completely different. <laughs> I'm sorry for you the really New sound York like accent. A, you like really like Mark it. Wahlberg.
0: Like, it's crazy.
1: <laughs> I feel like my New York accent is like Boston adjacent. Very, yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's fair. I feel like Mark Wahlberg would like this movie. <laughs>
0: oh for sure (laughs) uh, well i i mean if he has time playing 18 rounds of golf in one hour i think he would have a lot of fun i would
1: literally kill a man to see a video (laughs) of mark Wahlberg playing cardio golf because like what does that mean i love it like it is like physically not possible to play 18 holes of golf that quickly i don't believe him but i want to see it
0: i want to see him try
1: (laughs) i want to see a time-stamped video
0: yeah, but it is wild how this movie kind of, like, we talked about plot twists last week. It kind of is a plot twist that this is, like, a liberal film. Because it starts out very Republican, and then at the end it's like, oh, plot twist. <laughs> the mm-hmm. media's right. Which yeah. I feel like will annoy a lot of people. Well, annoy a lot of Republicans. But, like, I don't that's also the point. It's like, this is meant to be, like, Republicans are stupid. But like, I don't know. I dig it.
1: Yeah. I liked it a lot. Like, and I noticed out of TIFF that, like, people were giving it like really bad reviews mm. and i don't like get why because like green Books <laughs> yeah but like that's not fair
0: <laughs> no it's like not the- fair and like yeah yeah i mean i'm very happy that this is a filmmaker that doesn't see me doubling down with his problematic takes i feel like everyone just was like assuming it's problematic because it's him and then mm-hmm. like they just kind of ignore like they saw the first half and they saw that it was treating this like comedy and they're like oh it's problematic but like it very clearly by the end is like morally i would say a respectable feature yeah so, I, I agree don't
1: know. and i i think it like portrayed like vietnamese people in a really good way also like i've known like in a lot of the like classic 80s um 70s etc vietnam movies like full metal jacket and apocalypse now and um what's that other one platoon they like totally dehumanize vietnamese people and there's not a lot of vietnamese characters in this but like the ones that are there are like actual characters like that the little like crossing guard i love yeah
0: no he's great he's so
1: great Oklahoma that was such a cute little running gag of him liking that movie because like he, he meets like this guy I think his name is like Hill um he like meets Zach Arfron on the street when Zach Arfron's looking for directions and then he's like oh are you from Oklahoma and because like he loves the movie Oklahoma and Zach Arfron's like no New York is like somewhere completely different and then they keep running into each other and every time they're like hey Oklahoma it's so cute I loved it
0: Yeah, I agree. I think this is cute. Watch this with your dad. You will not be disappointed.
1: Maybe your dad will change his voting preferences in the Mm. upcoming midterms, Americans.
0: (laughs) Think about that, everyone. (laughs) Period. Um, (laughs) Period. So this film is going to fix the voting habits of Republicans. The next (laughs) film is going to fix the LGBT representation in Hollywood. Because our other film this week is Bros, Billy Eichner's gay comedy that we've been highly anticipating, I would say for months now um it stars billy eichner as this guy named bobby i believe who works Mm -hmm. he has number one a podcast about queer culture but he also works at this museum that's opening up which is the first lgbt history museum in america or maybe the world and it's in new york city and he meets this guy who's like super masculine and it's basically a rom-com where like they slowly fall in love and like i thought peace and love this movie was going to be terrible I went to a PR party for this film and I saw 10 minutes of this film and I said, God, that looks miserable. And I was super <laughs> worried when this opened and the first like five minutes I was not feeling and I was like, oh no, as soon as he's like, welcome to the 11th brick of stone wall. I was like, oh boy. Here oh we my go. God. I
1: cringed so hard at that line. I was like, <laughs> yikes.
0: <laughs> yeah. But then it continues. And I have to say bros is one of my favorite films of the year.
1: I love that for you.
0: I love it for myself also. Is it because I'm a stereotypical gay? Absolutely. But like this film, number one, very sweet romantic comedy. You have just like the clear, like, this is not a film trying to transcend that genre, but rather it's making a statement by living and existing in that genre, saying like this is a space also for queer love. We don't have to be in this tragic love story or whatever. And then like, It also, though, like, is both a celebration and analysis of queer culture in a way that I found, like, Billy Eichner here, both on screen and in the screenplay. There are some monologues, some moments that, like, broke me. It is such an emotionally mature and poignant film that also just like is hysterical. And this is the funniest film since Knives Out. It has almost a complete like nonstop comedic timing. And also like the jokes really do feel made for me. There's an entire segment shitting on Power of the Dog, which is a film I shit <laughs> on for like a year. There is a returning joke with Larry Daly from Night at the Museum, who at Iconic. the end, sm- small spoilers, he pops up on a screen and says, hey queers, ben stiller says hey queers like this is a movie made for me and like it just is so good i found i don't know i like loved this film i was like this is i gave it five stars i think it's almost perfect like i think it's amazing what did you think alina as an ally i
1: also loved it as an ally hey speaking of being an ally bros is flopping where the box office where are all of you straight girls with gay best friends i did my part i dragged my straight ass to that movie i paid my ticket i sat my straight ass down and listened where are all the straight girls with gay best friends you're failing your are queers it's and like I'm upset nobody with wants you. to
0: work anymore get your ass to the theater
1: literally so yeah if you're a straight girl with a gay best friend and you didn't see bros opening weekend you're an asshole and you're failing you're failing, you're, you're failing you, literally literally okay i loved bros i love a rom-com and i love this whole rom-com research and sweeping in and i was to be fair i was a little bit iffy about bros i do really like billy eichner i freaking love billy on the street yeah. i'm so glad he brought back billy on the street to like promo this movie because like uh, him just like screaming at people through New York City streets is just funny. Um, and I'm glad he brought, brought Paul Red back. Like, I had a great time with the marketing for this movie. But I was a bit iffy after hearing Carson uh, go to the PR party and like not like it very much. I was worried. But I was still, I still went to the movie theater because. I knew straight people weren't going to support this because we're assholes. Um, But I had a wonderful time. It's funny. As Carson says, it's, like, a very stereotypical rom-com, but with gay characters. It's a really excellent commentary on the genre, and it's a really great fit into the genre. It just happens to be gay. And, like, I really liked how um, Billy Eichner, like, shows differences between, like – gay relationships and like straight relationships. And there's like honestly just some really hysterical scenes. Like the pick. Okay, there's like one part when like Billy Eichner's character is on grinder and he's like trying to actually talk to this guy. And the guy is just replying back like I don't care, send an ass pick. And then Billy Eichner's like, no I don't want to do that. And then the other guy is like, no, send a fucking ass pic. So Billy, I can go to the washroom and he's freaking shaving his ass. And he takes like 40 minutes to try and get this like ass picture. And as a girl with a f- flat ass, I could not relate more. And I was like, it was literally me in the movie theater on Bros opening night and two gay couples. And that was it. And I was like, just trying so hard to like stifle my laughter because I was sitting by myself like a freaking weirdo. (laughs) Um, But, like, that scene is literally the funniest thing ever because it's so real. Like, Rose is just so real.
0: Mm.
1: And I also really liked how his character, like, Billy Eichner's character, works in an LGBT history museum because he does a really good job of, like, putting commentary about, like, being, like, a cis gay white man. Mm. Um, And then he also, like, takes time to, like, highlight – uh like queers of color transgender people bisexual people lesbians etc cetera, etc cetera. and i really liked that it didn't feel shoehorned in because of like the occupation of his character mm. and i just i really appreciated that like that that it was something like he acknowledged and it didn't feel like cringy
0: the line of oh there's transgender terrorists yeah Caitlyn jenner <laughs> amazing <laughs> so fucking funny
1: so <laughs> um, good
0: yeah, I agree. I think it really works in that commentary so well. And as you mentioned, it's so real. It's so authentic. You know, we talk and other media talks, obviously, of, like forever, about like the importance of representation behind the screen. To have queer voices giving queer perspectives, similar to how it's important to have like people of color share perspectives on people of color culture. You know, like it is something that's very important to have authentic representation behind the screen. And it's almost comedic how just like, obvious it feels in practice like call me by your name bride of frankenstein even which is queer coded like bros when you have a gay or a queer or lgbtq plus individual behind the camera it just feels so different compared to something like i'm gonna say at film twitter get prepared to be triggered power of the dog where the (laughs) white straight woman jane campion gives like a really rather horrible uh, outing there which also i guarantee you jane campion did not see bros opening night or opening weekend i bet she
1: didn't
0: think about that from twitter who you choose to stand, but like i just think the choice like i don't know maybe it's just me but like the distinction there is so clear when you actually watch something like this and there are times in the screenplay where it's like in context of the plot there's a conversation that makes sense but so clearly it means so much more to Billy Eichner and the screenplay there's one where like the straight man is telling the gay guy to like go tell your story this is your time and like so clearly that's just like about Rose as a picture and it means bigger things some of the monologues about Billy Eichner's character and some of the troubles and turbulations he went through growing up queer is so like you can tell just as deeper it's authentic for these individuals you know it's so funny but it also carries such a worthy authentic venom like Just, it's so sad that it is flopping. I was, like, so excited for this. I was like, yay, you know, we're going to get more of these. We're probably not going to get more of these. But, Mm -hmm. like, very, very good. Like, as a passion project, and you can tell it's a passion project from people like Billy Eichner for how much they're pouring into this, trying to make it a big deal with the promotion and stuff. Like, it really worked. I mean, I think it's, like, inspiring. I, like, could cry. Like, I got emotional writing my review about it. Like, it is so meaningful. To, like, Mm -hmm. see that and especially see that on such a big screen. Like, there's some sex scenes here that are so funny and it, like, holds back no punches, this film. Like, it goes fully into queer culture and it fully is, like, that celebration of it. And, like, that's something we've been lacking so much or it's been so underground or it's been so hidden. And, like, while, yes, I appreciate that there's all these, like, great independent films and there's all these great foreign films about queer culture and stuff like it's been missing from the mainstream American zeitgeist. And that is something that I think is so meaningful to, like, finally see represented on this tr- stage. I really loved it, obviously. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I also just, like, really appreciated, like, Bobby and Aaron, who is the hot love interest. I just really appreciated their relationship. Yeah. It's, like, a very standard rom-com relationship, but it's, like, also elevated in a way. And I just... Yeah. I really appreciated that the guy who plays Aaron so fucking hot yes god (laughs) literally so hot and I just I really liked how his character his character is like the more like masculine straight or masculine gay man um and his character is like really struggling with like eternalized homophobia and how he's perceived by his family and like society around him and things like that because like he's he's one of those gay guys where like looking at him or like and how he acts you wouldn't like think he was gay because he's one of the he's like one of the like gym bros he likes sports and he's like a lawyer and blah 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 and he doesn't like he doesn't like engage in like queer culture like billy eichner's character does as much unless he's like going to light nightclubs to like fuck dudes. <laughs> and I just I, I thought that, that was like a really interesting um, storyline that Aaron was able to have. Yeah. And I, I liked that a lot because. Yeah.
0: I should it's say not also something this-
1: that's talked about as much.
0: No, it's not talked about at all. None of this is talked about. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Also, the sex scenes are hilarious. Oh like, just thinking how hot he is, there's so many funny sex scenes. When they first, like, really have sex one-on-one, and it's, like, they fight as, like, role play. so <laughs> funny. When you have the foursome, I believe it is four, and then it's, like, the three hot guys, and then just, like, the one on the outside trying to be involved fucking hysterical (laughs) like it's all just so funny but even that like it's so funny but then on a dime it turns to such real emotion when bobby's uncomfortable seeing him like fucking other dude it's just like it's so crafted and good Like Mm -hmm. really, there is like such a craft here. That was like, I was obviously worried that it was gonna be like a very cringe, like lazy, bad experience. But like, no, there's real talent and artistry here to the comedy, to the emotions, to the love. Like there's really something worthy here.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like, like I'm really happy that this is in theaters. And I also, but I also feel like that this would have done like way better on streaming. And that yeah. like concept makes me really sad because I feel like a lot of people are like looking at bros and like the trailer and the poster and are just like, oh, I'm not going to watch that or I'll just catch it on Hulu. And I don't understand like fully why. I think the poster's like bad for. I think the
0: name is the name and poster both yeah.
1: are bad. Like bros is not like, I don't sure and then like the poster of like two dudes like grabbing each other's asses i feel like that's gonna put off the like straight girl who tries to like drag her straight boyfriend to this because her straight boyfriend is gonna look at the poster and be like i don't want to go see that sheila
0: i had to change my letterbox (laughs) poster because now you can do that to the one of them just standing which is so much better
1: yeah and i just like i feel like the marketing for it is just like slightly off like it's a little bit too gay you know no what I mean? it really is and like
0: <laughs> I think the clips don't play well unless you're in a theater with like other people like I don't think it's like a film that you're just watching the trailer with your family and you're like oh I want to see this I don't think I think it lo- relies too much on being like oh it's super gay and it's super historic and that's why you should go see it I think it probably should have focused more on the romantic comedy or like the romance side of things I don't know I I think there is a clear disconnect with the marketing here that I think it was like bad. But mm-hmm. also maybe just, like, the world's homophobic, you know? That's possible. I think
1: it's, it's honestly both. Like, it, it really is just both. That's the yeah. main problem, which is sad. Um. Oh, another, like, part of the plot I enjoyed is, like, both Bobby and Aaron are, like, very commitment-phobic. And I, that mm. plays really well into how their relationship develops. And I just, I liked that a lot as somebody who has dated commitment-phobic men. <laughs> yes like i could relate to a lot of this film for sure yeah which i think yeah. is like the kind of the point it's that's like, why it's... it's a universal rom-com it just happens to be gay
0: yeah but it also doesn't like pull any punches or try to hide that there are differences also but like those differences yeah. doesn't make it like taboo or there's nothing you can relate to it's a mm-hmm. relationship there i also think the movie very tastefully handles like some of the trauma with the queer community such as coming out process or like the aids epidemic and the loss of life from something like that i think it handles those things very tastefully and i think like It's really would be a shame to have like an expression trying to be like a defining expression of the LGBTQ plus community and not include some of the scars that are on the community. I think Mm -hmm. it's very respectful of how it does that stuff.
1: Uh, Do you think Abraham Lincoln was bi? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. That was my favorite, favorite little thing. Like, I have, like, never heard that conspiracy theory before. And then, like, as Billy Eichner's character is, like, sitting there, like, freaking pitching this, like, thing for his, like, LGBT museum, like, the new wing of, like, Abraham Lincoln being gay. I was, like, I fucking love that. That's yeah. genius. Like, I want to see it. <laughs> also, like, honestly, I want to visit that museum so bad.
0: Yes. It's so sad like, that it's, like, not real.
1: I, I want to go. Like, it covers like so much of like LGBT history and then there's a freaking haunted roller coaster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so good. It's so so good. good. I love Please that when he's having one yes i can't believe new york like doesn't have one um but specifically you have to include the roller coaster i also think mm-hmm. like it's fucking hysterical so many small things that like when he has the freak out over the lincoln exhibit and like he tries to demolish the head of just pete Buttigieg randomly like <laughs> so good like but if there's a museum it needs to have that level of camp where just like pete Buttigieg is randomly there like it's great mm-hmm. um yeah, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. If you've not already, go see Bros. You probably haven't, according to box office reports, but I would recommend it. We're both gays and straights and buys and all that. Mm-hmm. So let's close this episode with our question of the week. First, looking back at last week's, if my phone ever wants to work to open it up, we asked what the best twist ending of a film was. And it was a pretty close race. It was actually tied for number one between the others, which was my pick, and the other option, which most people Mm. said. um, Planet of the Apes got a lot of mentions. Memento got some mentions. Psycho, Citizen Kane, Don't Look Now, Chinatown. I mean, a lot of good options there. Um, After me, it was Arrival, and then it was Stepford Wives. So, Elena, me and you taking the top two. That is good to see. This week, we're asking, in honor of the greatest beer run ever, what is the best Apple TV Plus film on the streaming service? Original, obviously. Elena, what's your answer?
1: Mine is Hala. I've talked about it on ClapperCast before, but I love that movie. It's about a young Muslim girl. I think she's Pakistani and she's played by Geraldine Viswanathan, who I freaking love. The film's directed by a woman named uh Minhal Beg. I don't know how to say her name, but that's it. Um and she is like Sohala is like the main character's name. That's the film's title. Uh, She's Geraldine Viswanathan. She plays, she is like a teenager in a traditional Muslim household, but she lives in like the US. And it's about her having to like, come to terms with like her more traditional ethnic religious household within the like wider American, whatever, when she's a teenager. And it's just a really good coming of age film. I really like it. I've seen it a couple times now, and it's just, like, it means a lot to me. And I talk about it so much because it got so much hate when it was, like, hadn't even come out yet. Because the way the film is marketed, it, like, looks like she is, like, a brown girl throwing away her, like, identity and culture, family, etc. for a white kid, played by val kilmer's son um but that's not what it is at all and like it was one of those movies that got like like bros that got like hurt so much by its marketing and it makes me sad so watch bros watch hollow maybe the marketing for films is not that good sometimes and you should just mm. go see it anyway
0: true um, I love that lead actress. She had, like, a real moment with, like, Blockers, Broken Hearts Gallery, Seven Days. Like, love her. She's
1: so good. I still haven't seen the, like, Seven Days one, the, like, COVID movie that she's in. But I just, I freaking love her. Letterboxd is, like, down for me right now.
0: Rip. Broken <laughs> Hearts like, Gallery is so good. Just Broken Hearts Gallery is it. a
1: masterpiece. <laughs> uh, she's also in Bad Education, which I haven't seen. Um, And she's, like, she's supposed to be... Like, she's like one of the next big things, I would say. She's supposed to, like, I can't remember any of the things right now, like, because Litterbox is not fucking loading for me, but, like, she's in, like, a lot of upcoming films also. And, like, I'm so glad. Yes. I'm so glad she's just having her moment because she's gorgeous. She's talented. I love her.
0: Yeah. I could not agree more. Uh, Mm -hmm. For my answer, I'm going to go. And this might change. I need to rewatch this film because I watched it at Sundance, thought it was amazing. Then like everyone told me it was not good. So I need to just rewatch it and see where my opinion truly lies. But for now, I'm going cha-cha real smooth. I know I'm alone in this room saying this is a great film. But I <laughs> fucking loved Cooper Race uh, second feature. I think it's the second feature because House was his first. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's such a poignant portrait of growing up and the complexions of emotions of growing up and trying to find love and trying to take that next step in life i love that if i rewatch that and hate it though just know my other answer is wolf walkers um but you can go on our twitter at clapper podcast and vote on if me and alina got the right answer or if you have a different one i assume we'll see some like coda love uh, maybe some Macbeth love. There's some good shit. Apple TV Plus, weirdly strong when it comes to um, films. Maybe there's even a greatest beer run uh, stand out there. So with that, <laughs> let's uh, end this off by finding where we can find everyone on social media. Alina?
1: I am at Alina Folds on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd.
0: And you can find me on Twitter at BP underscore movie reviews letterbox, just Carson Tamar. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening and supporting the show. If you want to write us an email, you can email us at clappercast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at clapper podcast. You can also connect to us there. If you'd like to financially support the show for as little as $1 a month, you can go to our, our Patreon Uh, We have commentary tracks, we have exclusive movie reviews, a ton of great stuff you can get over there. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss all things cinema. Goodbye.